This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. So, tonight I spoke for an organization um, that takes care of um, health care. So, they, they're a very big a company, a business company. They take care of health care. They, they send nurses to... Um, they send nurses to people's houses through the government. But they decided, because they're a Jewish organization, that the government doesn't always treat, um, it's called AmeriCare, doesn't always treat us, the parents, you know, the people, the nurses that are, that are, that are insurance, is not the same level. So they opened up a, a division called Atencia, which is private pay. In other words, that's when you want to get your parent a nurse, but you're going to have to pay but then you get to interview the nurse, and it's up to you. What nurse? Not like the government sends you a nurse. And they're trying to push this, and the, the basis of it is give it up aim. The bottom line is that when you were a little kid and you didn't feel well, they didn't send you to the hospital and or, or get someone to take, you know, go take care of her. They took care of you. So that, that so they asked me to come speak on give it up aim. When they asked me that, I'm like, that is my subject. So um, I haven't really spoken about it in a long time. But I'm going to tie everything tonight together, and I'm going to tell you something I've never said before. And Baruch Hashem, I've repeated it now the last three days. And whoever I told it to like was like, that's absolutely mind-boggling. It can't be yours. I'm like, it isn't. Okay. But anyway, um, so we're going to ask a bunch of questions, and then I'm going to answer it with one answer. So, Hilkas Kivadov Aim, I'm sorry that I'm doing this to you, because a lot of us don't keep these halachas the way we're supposed to. Um, but there is actually a Shulchan Aruch for... Laws on how to treat your parents. Also, there's a Shulchan Aruch on how to treat your teachers. Hilchus Moro Verabo. That comes right after Hilchus Kibbut of Aim. For some reason, no schools teach Shulchan Aruch Hilchus Kibbut of Aim. You don't even have a mark on your report card for Kibbut of Aim. Maybe that's a very big problem. Not maybe, for sure is. Because nobody has any idea of the laws of Kibbut of Aim. They are very intricate and they are very serious. And I will explain to you why they're so serious. So, I opened tonight in this, in the five towns, and I said the following. So in Hilchas Kivit of Aim, if you want to look it up, in Yeredea, Shulchan Aruch, if you want to open up a Yeredea Shulchan Aruch, which I'm sure all of you are going to do tonight, to make sure that I'm telling you the truth, you'll find it in Simon Reish Mem. Okay? Alright. This is what it says, it's if Gimel. At Heichen Myron, to what level do you have to fear your parents? Hayaben Lovish Hamudas tells us a story. Shokhanar tells us a story. There was a son, and he was dressed very well. Brand new suit, Canali, $1,200 suit, you know, expensive tie. He was really dressed to kill. This guy really knew how to get dressed. And he was the president of the shul, or the Shashiva of the Yeshiva, or the rabbi of the shul. And he's sitting there, and everybody's there. His mother, his father and his mother walk into the room and they walk up to him without giving him any reason, without telling him they're angry at him, without saying anything. They rip his clothing. His mother walks over to him, says, oh, nice suit. Nice dress. Just ripped it. She didn't tell you why. Nothing. What did I do? What are you doing? Nothing. She just ripped his clothing. They began to bang him over the head. The guy's sitting there. He's the president. He's Rosh Hashiva. He's the rabbi of the shul. His mother walks in, starts ripping his clothing, 
and banging him on the head. And she spits at him. So this is not a good relationship. Right? Everybody, everybody agrees here, this is not a good relationship. Says the Shulchan Aruch. Don't say anything to them. Don't stop them. Don't embarrass them. You can always get up and leave. You're not a, a child. There's nowhere in the Shulchan Aruch says that a child has to be abused. Once you feel you're being abused, get out. You can't hit them. You can't curse them. You can't yell at them. You can't scream at them. You can't raise your voice to them. So all those things, chas v'sholem, are anti-kibbut of aim, and there's a very big punishment for that. So take, get yourself up and walk out. If every time you call your mother for Shabbos, she abuses you on the phone, right? And that's going to cause you to answer her back, or it's going to cause you to be depressed. You have no halacha that you have to call her. It's not what it says in Hilchus You don't have to call her. But, if she comes into the room, she starts hitting you, you just got to walk out. You cannot yell at her. You cannot hit her back. You can't do any of that. The Shulchan says, right? Elishtayk! Sit there and don't open your mouth. My mother and father come in. They're ripping me up. They're beating me over the head. They're spitting in my face. And I'm supposed to sit there and be quiet? How, how, how can you do that? The Shulchan Aruch is not allowed to ask you to do something you can't do. So says the Shulchan Aruch, how are you going to do this? You better fear the king of all kings that commanded you on this mitzvah. Doesn't say this by any of the mitzvah in the Shulchan Aruch. Shabbos, kosher, tzitzes, tefillin. Doesn't say, I, maybe it does, but I haven't seen it, right? Where it says, Doesn't say Hashem. And you better have fear from the king of all the kings. He commanded you, you better not answer them back. Why is Hashem so mocked in this mitzvah? I mean, I understand I need to honor my parents, but they're spitting at me. They're, 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 they're ripping my clothing. They're hitting me. Why? I, I can't tell them to stop. No. Okay, one. So the question is, why? Why is all of a sudden I have to fear Melech Machiamach by this mitzvah, not any other mitzvah? Two. Ezehu covered. There's two mitzvahs. There's Yira and there's Kavit Semichos Mecha. And there's, you have to have Yira of your mother and your father. What's Kibbutz of Yichosimecha? Ma'achilo, give them to eat. Umashkeho, give them to drink. Malbish, give them clothing, dress them. Umachase, cover them if she's in bed and she's cold and you have an old mother, whatever it is, and she can't cover herself, cover her. Machnes umotzi, bring them into the house, to the room, take them out of the room. But this is the important part. And whatever you give them, Whatever you do for them, you, you have to set the Shabbos table, you have to do the laundry, whatever your parents ask you, whatever you do for them, you have to do it, the savor upon them, you have to do it with a smile. That even if you feed them every day, pitumos, pitumos is stuffed geese, goose, with like the best food. You, you, you're giving them lamb chops, you, you, you're, you're giving them steak, you're giving them the most delicious food. But when you, when you serve them, you're giving, you're making to them a bad face, right? Like you're not happy about it. Nenash Olav says the Shulchanach, you will be punished for this. And he goes on and he says that as long as the Kavana Latoiva, right? That Nachal Olam Haba, that if you do it with a smile, right? Even if you don't give them good food, but that's, he doesn't want steak, but you do it with a smile, 
you surely to get Adam Haba. It doesn't say this about anything else. There's one, there's two mitzvahs in the Torah that says, Laman Yerich and Yemecha. Give it up aim, you're going to have a long life, and Shluach HaKan. If you send the bird away when you take its eggs. Fill in, Shabbos, all these other mitzvahs, it doesn't say Laman Yerich and Yemecha, and for the, for, for doing Kivit of Aim, the Torah is telling you Laman Yerich and Yemecha, what's the shaykhs that I'm, that I'm honoring my parents, what's the shaykhs that I'm going to live long? Doesn't mean that they're going to live long, it means that you're going to live long. Okay. Two. Three. Which is, which throws me the most off. Mamzer. A mamzer. Now, how was a mamzer created? His mother was married. She committed adultery with another man, became pregnant with this child, and gave birth to him. So now, this child's a mamzer. He is not allowed to become part of Christ. He can't marry a Jewish girl. There's a lot of halachas that he can't, that he cannot do because he's a mamzer. Now, who caused him to be a mamzer? His mother and his father. His father is not her, is not his mother's husband. His father is the guy that committed adultery with his mother. Right? That's how he came into the world. So his mother and his father made him a mamzer. Mamzer lever Hashem. He's totally cut off from Klyestral. So, I should have given up aim for my parents? They, they, look what they did to me. My mother would have controlled herself. I would have come to the world from her husband and her, Bittahara, and would have been a regular girl that could be part of Klyestral. But because she didn't, look what she did to me. Maybe a mamzer. It's not changeable. He's stuck. He's a mamzer. Not changeable. Says the Shulchan Aruch, which is so hard to understand. Mamzer chayiv bekivit of aim. A mamzer is chayiv in kivit of aim uve moira, and he has to have yiras um, of his mother and his father. Afilu hayyaviv Russia. This is what he's saying here. Not only did, my, did his father make him a mamzer, but afilu hayyaviv Russia. His father is a Russia. He's a low life. And he's full of sins. He has to give him Kivit and Moira from this father who's a Russia, a Balaveros, created him as a Mamzer, that he's Loyola Hashem, and that person has to give him Kivit of Aim. I don't, I, I, I don't, all of you in this room, this is the problem when I teach kids of A. This is the one, the other one's also, but that's a little bit, they want to know why you have to take abuse from your parents. You don't, get out of the way, get out of there, run out of there. But Lamaisa, the, Rabbi Austin, I don't agree, I, I, I don't agree with this. My, 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 my mother made me into a person who's totally cut off from, from the Jewish nation, and I, I have to go be machabed her, and if she comes and rips my clothing on top of what she did to me, I have to sit there and be quiet. And, and why is the Shulchan going into, and even if his father is a Russia, it, does, it doesn't talk like this. So what, what the Shulchan is trying to send you a message, the worst father in the world, you have to have Kivit Aveim for. So the Shulchan not only, not only made you a Mamzer, but he's a Russia, and he's full of sins, and there was like really nothing left after that for the Shulchan to make him bad, right? He's pretty much the worst of the worst, Machabdoi, you have to give him kibbutz of aim like anybody else. Why is the Torah so strict about kibbutz of aim like no other mitzvah in the Torah? Why is the reward 
for the mitzvah of Kibra Ve'em, Arichas Yomim. Why is the mitzvah of Kibra Ve'em in the first five of the Ten Commandments? The first five of the Ten Commandments is between us and God. The second five of the Ten Commandments is between us and another human being. So Kibra Ve'em should be in the, in the five mitzvahs, or the, now the six mitzvahs, of us and another human My father's not God, my mother's not God. So the first four mitzvahs, we're talking about I am Hashem, don't serve any other gods, Shabbos, right? It's all things, you know, you're not allowed to curse in God's name. It's all between us and God. Why did you stick as the fifth one, Kibbut of Aim? Kibbut of Aim is not between me and God. Kibbut of Aim is between me and my parents. Why is that part of the first half? So we have a bunch of questions here. Why is Kibbut of Aim part of the first half? Why is the reward... And why am I mechayev to do kiddur ve'em if the person is a mamzer and if the parents rip up their clothing and do all this to them? Why do they have to? Why is this unbelievable? And that if you have a problem with it, remember the King of all kings. Remember him, and if you remember him, you won't have a problem with it. Any avera, any mitzvah. If I'm struggling, remember Melech Machem. It doesn't say that about anything else. Just by kiddur ve'em. Bunch of questions, right? We're going to answer it with all one answer. All right. Now, let's go to this week's parasha. This is mind-boggling. I know you're not allowed to dance in front of a Rebbe, but after you hear this Dvar Torah, I don't know how you're not going to dance. I was like, I was like, I was, I was like, I was jumping up and down. I was like, this is a big revelation. Huge, huge, huge shot to take home for Shabbos and Shabbos. You blow away everybody. This week's parsha. What does Pinchas do? Pinchas gets up. He sees a very big hill of Hashem. He takes a he takes a roimach, a, a, a spear. Roimach also means ramach evarav. He took his, all his limbs. He took it, he took his life in his own hands, right? And he kills this Zimri ben Salui and this Isha Kazmi Batzor. What's his reward, everybody? Everyone here knows his reward. He lived forever. He never died. He became Eliyahu Navi, and he never died. And he's the one that's going to announce the coming of Mashiach. Moshe Rabbeinu died. Aaron Akoin died. Abraham Avinu died. Yitzchak died. Yaakov Lomais, but Yaakov died. Yosef died. Pinchas did one thing. He was a Kanai for a moment. He killed another Jew because he was doing a sin. He's a big tzaddik. But I think Moshe Rabbeinu was the biggest tzaddik. Moshe Rabbeinu did a lot more than that. His whole life was for Klai And he died. We don't know where he's buried, but he died. Pinchas, Zelio, for some reason Hashem gave him a reward to live forever. Why did he deserve to live forever? And if you ask somebody this question, right, they're going to say, you know, Moshe Rabbeinu also should have lived forever. But he didn't. Now let's look at the Pasuk, because the Pasuk tells us. Second Pasuk, Pasuk Pinchas. Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron HaKoyen, Heishiv Hamasi. Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron HaKoyen, returned my anger. Very weird words. What does that mean? He returned my anger. When you learn this Pasuk in Chumash in school, how did you translate it? Heishiv Hamasi, he gave it back to me, and the Territ says, unbelievable, the Chidah says, that a re- HaShkodesh Baruch Hu already sent his anger to the world. And that anger would have killed all the Jews. Pinchas ben Allah caught the anger and returned it. 
he took the anger. Heshiv means he returned it. He returned Hashem's anger, the chema, which is, would have destroyed Klai Yisrael, and he returned it, he sent it back. And this is what Chidot says. He says it's one thing to daven, to stop Hashem from sending his anger to the world. That takes a lot of tefillah. That would Moshe Rabbeinu had the power to do that. The anger was already gone. It already left Hashem's world. It was coming here. He had the power, Pinchas, much bigger. He took it, like a boomerang, and he threw it back. Where did he get such power from? He didn't, it doesn't say he davened. He did something that caused this. So the Pasik tells us, as the Pasik always tells us, how did he do this? Bekano es kenasi. What's the shoresh? How do you say shoresh in English? The, the root of the word, of the word kenasi is kina. So this word, this means bekano es kenasi. His jealousy, Pinchas' jealousy was for my jealousy. What are you talking about? The English translation in the art scroll is he revenged God's revenge. But nikama is the word for revenge. Right? So nikanti is nikmasi. He revenged, he revenged my revenge. That's not what the Pasuk says. Pasuk says, nikanai is kinasi. He, he was jealous for my jealousy. And therefore, the Torah tells us why. Therefore, I didn't destroy Klai Yisrael with my jealousy. And therefore, Hashem says, I gave him the confident, the bris of shalom, which means that all the four parts of his body, the ruach, the nefesh, the neshama, no, I'm sorry, the esh, the adama, the esh, the, the, the afar, the ruach, and the mayim, which is the four parts of a person's body, right? So when a person dies, it means that they're all four not working together. Hashem made shalom between all. The fire, which is your temperature in your body. The air, which is the ruach, which is, which is what you, what you breathe. The mayim, which is the water in your body. And the adama, which is your flesh and, and your basar and your meat. When all four of those are working together, a person will live forever. But the problem is that when we do have various, those four elements, they're not working together anymore. Either the heat is more than the ruach, or the ruach is more than the heat, or the offer, they get mixed up, and then person gets sick and he dies. But Hashem said, him, I'm giving Brisi Shalom that all these four elements will work together. If they work together, he lives forever, and he became Oliyar Navi. What is going on here? I want to tell you what's going on here. What's going on here started all the way in Pasha Voracious. What happened in Pasha Voracious? So the Nachash, the snake came to Chava and he said the following. Listen carefully how he trapped her. He was looking for something. He, he knows HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Midos and he knows that there's one thing that God will not put up with. And I've spoken about this many, many times. There's one thing that God will not put up with. What is that? Anyone remember? Oh, it's great you're all listening. Kafwe type. He will not put up with someone who doesn't have appreciation. And we have spoken about this many, many different places where a person, the Asan last week, Pashas Balak, where, where the, the, it opened its mouth and said to him, I don't understand. I've been there for you all my life. What happened all of a sudden now that you're hitting me? Because Baruch Hu said the message was that a person's not going to be a Kafri type. He does not put up for a Kafri type. When Adam said, the woman that you gave me, she ended up giving me the, from the fruit. Hashem called him Afar. He said, you're from Afar and you're going to Afar. But his name was Adam. He's from Adama, not Afar. And what Hashem was saying is, Adama, earth, 
the reason we're called Adam, everybody in this room, is because earth has an unbelievable potential for growth. You put corn in, corn comes out. Put a tomato in, tomato comes out. You put an orange in, an orange tree comes out. Whatever you put into the Adama comes out. It has unbelievable potential. Its potential is not only for wheat, its potential is for any plant, for any growth. Right? It's a place that, that, that worms live in. It's, it, does, it does a lot of things for the world, the earth. Right? So earth is potential. So we are called Adam. Each one of us in this room, the reason you are called an Adam is because you have potential. All of a sudden, God calls Adam Afar. He calls him dust. Dust has no potential. Dust, we know what dust does? Dust takes away the beauty and the shine of everything in this world. You can have the most beautiful gold and beautiful mirror. If it's full of dust, it's dull. It has no life. Dust is something that has no growth. You can have a pile of dust and plant seeds in it. Nothing will happen. Dust has no potential. Hashem said to Adam, if you're going to throw back the woman in my face that I gave you to keep you from being lonely, which means that you're a coffee type, says Rashi, then you have no more potential. A girl and a person who doesn't have appreciation has no potential. There's no reason for that person to be in this world. Because the person has no hakar satov, no recognition, and, 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 and not thankful, then the person, no, no, and there's many riots. We know Hashem waited for rain because human beings would appreciate the rain, so he didn't let anything grow till it was rain. There's many, many proofs in the Torah. I don't have time tonight to go through all the proofs. He is very strict about to be hakar satov, to, to appreciate. So how did the, Nachash, who was Arum, he was brilliant. He needed Chava to be a Kafei Tov. So what did he do? He said to her the following. Hashem, listen to this. Chava, is it true that you can't eat from any trees? No, she said. That's not true. Hashem said we could eat from all the trees except two. So he's setting her up now to be the ultimate Kofri Tov. One second. I gave you everything and I told you two things not to eat from and you ate from them with your appreciation for everything I gave you. So she said from her mouth, Hashem gave me everything except for these two. So the Nachash knew if I get her to eat from those two, what's the Avera? What's the real Avera? That she didn't listen to Hashem? No, that's not the Avera. That's not going to destroy the world. That's not going to bring Misa to the world. If she eats from the tree, she's an unappreciative person. God gave her everything, and the two things he said not to eat, she ate from, and if she's going to be a kafri tov, she's finished. So he tells her, how am I going to get her to be a kafri tov? I'll make her jealous, because jealousy is the root of all evil. You, you, I, I don't have the time. It's not my subject tonight. When I spoke about this in Queens, and it's, it's, it's so true, and I have to tell you, that, I'll tell you just really, really very fast. I spoke about jealousy, and I spoke about that the Beis Hamidish, you were in the three weeks, Beis Hamidish was destroyed, right? So the first one was for Avaidizara, idols, Shrikas and murder, right? Gilead Royals, immorality, Hashem destroyed the Beis Hamidish for 70 years, and then he built it. The second Beis Hamidish was destroyed for Sinas Chinam, hating somebody, for no reason. I don't like her. Why don't you like her? I don't know. She makes me nervous. <laughs> he makes me nervous. I don't like that lady in shul. Why don't you like her? Did she hurt you? Did she curse you? Did she steal your children? No. So why don't you like her? Just don't like her. Liar. There's no such thing 
as just not liking someone. Is there anyone in this room that ever said, just went to the zoo, I just didn't like that elephant. He looked at me the wrong way. I didn't like that zebra. I don't like Martians. No. Why? Because the elephant doesn't have anything that you want. So you're not jealous of the elephant. So you don't have a problem with that. When you say, I don't like that person, and I don't know why, you're not a fool. You don't want to admit why. You know why. Because her jewelry and the way she gets dressed is so much nicer than you. And she sits herself down in shul like Miss Prissy. So I don't like her. What did she do to you? She didn't do anything to me. But she has something that I feel I am missing. And therefore, if I go deep, 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 deep into myself, the reason I don't like her is because I am jealous of her. The basis of all hatred, right? The basis of... Sinas Hinam, which destroyed the base on Migdash, is jealousy. And I don't even know if it got on the tape from last night's shear. And let me tell you what the basis of jealousy is. No self. If I am happy with myself, I really don't care what you have. It's when I'm not happy with myself that I care what you have. A guy came over after the Queen's shear and said to me, and Wallstein, I have such a crazy problem. I am jealous of everybody. I'm jealous of my friends, their businesses. I'm jealous of their wives. I'm jealous of their clothing. Right, Wallstein, how, how, how do you work on yourself? How do you get yourself out of that? And I'm like, your problem is you're not happy with yourself. Your problem is not you're jealous of everyone. That's the symptom. The problem is you're not happy with yourself. You're not happy with your wife. You're not happy with your money. You're not happy with yourself. You need to get self. Because I promise you, I'm not jealous of anybody in this room right now. I don't even want to know what you have. I don't even want to, I don't even care what you have. I don't care if you have $20 million in the bank. Because what do I have to do with what you have? We all have this this card with a number on it, right? You you go to Citibank. I can't imagine anyone here. You go to, you go to, you go to Chase and you stick your card in to take out money, right? And you take out your money and you're like, you know what? I hate all those people that are in that machine. There are, Millions and millions of accounts, right? And, and you don't care. But some of those accounts in that machine have $20 million. You don't walk away from the ATM machine and say like, man, I hate all the people that have $20 million in there. Why? Because when you go to the ATM machine, you're looking at your account. So you know whatever I put in my account, that's what I have. So if I'm taking out $200, I'm not jealous of all the other people. I have no shaykhis to his bank card. I have no shaykhis to his account. I don't have his pin number. I don't have anything. And if I keep trying to find pin numbers, they're going to, ha- they're going to arrest me. It's not your pin number. So the same thing happens when you keep looking at somebody and you keep trying to get their money, right? And you keep trying to get their pin number. Hashem's going to arrest you. He's going to say, listen, if you want to be like her so much, I don't need you in this world because Hashem doesn't make duplicates. Every one of us has a different fingerprint. He doesn't need duplicates. So if my whole life is, I want to be like you, that means... I want to be like the original. That makes me the duplicate. So there's no place for me in this world anymore. Hashem didn't create me to be a duplicate. So the more you're jealous of someone else, and that's what the mission says. Kina mutzin es ha'adam min When someone's jealous, that takes him out of the world. What do you mean it takes him out of the world? The terror is, because if I'm jealous of you and I want to be like you, then there's no self and there's no me. If there's no me, Hashem doesn't need me here. I'm a duplicate. You're the original. I'm copying you. Scary. And the mission says that. 
That kinah takes you out of the world. So we're all one of a kind. What? No, we're all individuals. That's what I said, we're one of a kind. Right, we're one of a kind, I'm sorry. We're all individuals. That's why Hashem gave you a fingerprint that I don't have your fingerprint. So I have nothing to do with what you have. I have my own bank card. And my mitzvahs and my averis goes into my account. I have nothing to do with your account. I can't access your account. Unless Hashem wants me to have it. I can't get it to your account. I don't have your PIN number. It's, it's simple. You just have to break it down and make a muscle about it. But it's simple. So he understood the nachash. If I could get her to trip and have kafui toiv to God, I win. So how am I going to do that? She's not going to listen to me. God said not to eat. She's not going to eat. So what did he do? He told her, unbelievable. Let me tell you a little secret, girl. The minute you can eat from that tree, your eyes are going to open up. What happens when a person is jealous? What happens? Your eyes open up, and all of a sudden, you see everything that everybody else has. That's the Russian in the Torah. What do you mean? Our eyes are going to open up. Our eyeballs are going to get bigger. All of a sudden, when you become jealous of somebody, your eyes see things that you never saw before. She was by that tree all the time. She never wanted to eat from the tree. But the minute he said that God has something you don't have, God knows between good and bad, you don't, she became jealous. Ooh, he has something I don't have. He has toivara. What did she do? Says the Pasik. She saw that the, that the, the fruit was good to eat. You can't see that a fruit is good to eat. You can only taste that a fruit is good to eat. What do you mean you saw that the fruit is good to eat? You never ate that fruit. How do you know it's good to eat? And the answer is, I know it's good to eat because Hashem has something I don't have. Jealousy makes no sense. You could, you could want somebody else's car and you don't even drive. Oh my God, he has a Maserati. I wish I had a Maserati. You have a license? No. <laughs> oh, I wish. I wish I had that dress. You can fit into that dress? No. So why do you want that dress? Because she has it. She's not allowed to have it. Jealousy is not like you go to you go you go to Munchie and, and, and you, you go to your friend and she has a pool in the backyard and you're like wow I would love when I you know I would love also to have a pool It'd be so good for my kids he did nothing wrong but when you come home and you say why does she deserve to have a pool and me not that's an ayin hara and that's kina why does Hashem have the right to know good and bad said Chava and me not so all of a sudden the whole tree that she never looked at even though she didn't eat it. And she had a lust for it through her eyes. It works the other way around. First you see something, then you want to eat it. Here, she wanted to eat it, and then she saw it. Totally flipped. The nechmar ha'etz. Oh, the tree was nechmar. It was beautiful. Wow. All of a sudden, the tree is nechmar. It's a taiva. It tastes great. This tree was in front of her all the time. But until she had that jealousy in her that she wanted something that Hashem had, it didn't mean anything to her. The minute she wanted it, and we all know, I always read you this Rashi, because it's a, it's a very interesting Rashi, that why did Chava give Adam to eat from the tree? Now Chava knew being table Rashi, she was like God. Adam was walking around, he only knew Taiv. She burned the, she burnt the, the toast. Wow, toast is great. She didn't do his laundry for two weeks. Don't worry, it's okay. The laundry's great. He was the perfect husband. Why would you give him to eat from the tree when he's going to know bad and good? He was walking around, everything's good, my wife's good, life's good. He was high on life. 
Why did she give him to eat from the tree? Says Rashi, because she said, he also has to die. If I'm going to die, he has to die. Nice marriage, no? They need a little marriage counseling, right? If I have to die, he has to die. Now that I ate from the tree and I'm going to die, Shema Tomos, that I'm going to die, the Yichya, says Rashi, and he's going to live? Ask Chazal, what was her problem? Says Rashi, she said, if I'm going to die, and I'm not going to give him to Etzadas, and he's going to live, he's going to marry somebody else. Ask Chazal, lady, there is nobody else. You're the only woman in the world. What are you worried about? Not about me. He cannot have life if I don't. But, but by you giving him to eat from the Eitz Hadas, are, are you going to get back life? No. So you already lost. You're already going to die. So why do you want him to die? This was the poison that the Nachash put in her. This is jealousy. This is jealousy. Why, why, you're not, you can't fix what you did. Let him live. Let the guy live. No, you can't have something if I don't have it. Even though by you losing it, I don't get it. That's taiva, that's kinah. That's what it does to a person. That's this chinam that destroyed the Beif Hamikdash. That was still in Golis to this day. There's a, there's a famous story, sin of a kinah. Sin is hatred, kinah is jealousy. We're going for a walk. And they met a king. And the king said to these two guys, listen, jealousy and hatred, here's the deal. Whatever you ask me for, I'll give you. The guy who asked me, I'll give you. And the second guy gets double. So Kinnah said, what do you think? I'm going to ask for $100. I'm going to get 100 He's going to get 200 I'm not asking for anything. Sinnah said, what do you think? You're crazy? I'm going to ask for $100. I'm going to get 100 He's going to get 200 I'm not asking for anything. So the king's standing there. And the both of them don't ask for anything. King said, listen, if you don't ask me, you got five more minutes. If you don't ask me for anything, you guys lose. You're going to get nothing. And Kinnah said, I would rather get nothing then he should get double what I get. All of a sudden, at the end of the five minutes, Kinnah starts smiling and says to the king, I know what I want. The king says, really? Sinnah says, really? I can't believe that Kinnah, jealousy, gave in. You're going to like this, Muhammad. So he looks at the king, and he says to the king, this is what I want. I want you to poke out one of my eyes. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> if the king pokes out one of my eyes, that means the other guy gets both his eyes poked out. It's worth it for me to lose one eye? That he should lose both eyes. That's the corruptness that Kina does to a person. So that brought death into the world. Her jealousy of God brought her to eat from the Eitz Hadas, which brought jealousy, which was, which was the worst Kafui Tov, unappreciative woman, to eat from the two trees I gave you everything, and the two things I asked you not to, Akurish Baruch who said, you guys are afar. You, there's nothing that good can come out of you, and I'm not giving you 900 years of life when you don't appreciate every single day. I'm going to cut it down to 120. Why should I give a being 900 years of life? Is there a Kafui Tov? Along comes Pinchas. It's going to blow your mind. Along comes Pinchas. Now every Mida, every trait, human trait was created for good and for bad. Anger has a good side. Everything, stinginess, has a good side. Every Mida Hashem created has a good and bad side. They asked the Mida of atheism, of, of not believing in God, what could that be good? It says, when a person comes to you for charity, you have to be an atheist. A person says, I need money, don't say, 
Oh, Hashem will take care of you. Don't worry. Daven to Hashem. Hashem will give you money. No! When a person comes to you for tzedakah, there's no God in the world. The only person that can take care of you is me. You have to be an atheist when it comes to charity. You can't say, oh, Hashem will take care of you. Don't worry about it. When it comes to chesed, there's no Hashem. Can you read me a shidduch? No, you don't read you a shidduch. Hashem will get you your shidduch. No, I don't believe in Hashem at that moment. I have to do the work. That's what it says. But, but what about kina? What about jealousy? So kina was used for the worst thing. Destroyed the world. It brought death to the world. Along comes Pinchas in this week's Pasha. And he says, Hashem is an Elkana, the jealous God. That you should serve Abayi Dezara, and you should, you're not serving him, you're serving Abayi Dezara. So God wants to give us an understanding, I'm a jealous God. You're gonna, you're gonna, you know, hello, like a jealous wife. You're gonna, you're gonna pay a price for this. Came along Pinchas, and said, Hashem, I am jealous for your jealousy. I'll handle it. And killed him. Nobody is going to do this to my God. Nobody's going to go in public and disgrace my God. I am jealous for you. Hashem said, Tikkun Eilam. He took the Mina that brought death into the world and he used it for the good. Pre the Aveira, the lack of Akar Satov that Chava did. So how does Hashem reward him? Hashem says that the only reason a person dies is, the Gemara says, is because of the Nachash. Because of the Avera that we did with the Eitzadas. That was brought death. The Nachash brought death to the world. But he, Pinchas, used jealousy to fix what the Nachash did. Pinchas showed, Hakaras HaTov. God took us out of, out of Mitzrayim. He gave us the Torah. He's taking us to Eretz Yisrael. And you dare do this Avera in public in front of everyone to God? You're such a coffee type. I'm going to kill you and her together in one shot. And I'm willing to give my life up for it. Hashem said, Hey, Shev is Hamasi. That has the power that even though I sent my Hamasi, there's a person in the world that was misaking what the Nachash and Chava did. I will take back my anger. Not only that, I will give him the reward because he doesn't deserve to die. Death came into the world because jealousy was used for the wrong thing. And it was a Kafei Tov. He used jealousy for the right thing. So his reward is to live forever. Brisi Shalom. He made peace. He made peace from all the way back to when Chava ate from the Eitanas. Ze El Yahu. And therefore he has the right that when the world comes to its fruition, when the Nachash is dead and the whole world is back to what it's supposed to be, who's going to announce that? The one man that used Kinnah for the right reasons. And that's how Pinchas became Eliyahu Navi, And that's how Pinchas lived forever, and that's why the Torah doesn't use the word, he revenged my revenge. Okay, so big deal. But he didn't. He was misaking the Avera of Kina. And that answers all our questions. The reason that God is so strict about Kivod of the Aim, and that there are such strict halachas, and the reason that that halacha is together in the Ten Commandments, together with the part of God, because if you don't have Akaras HaTov for your parents bringing you into the world, not for burping you. I always say for burping you. You know, never your poor father. Finally at 2 o'clock at night, you know, you're crying and you need a burp and his wife's like, 
You know, it's a chaya, go burp the baby. I'm like, ah, well, what baby? Where is it? What? We had a baby? When did we have, we had a baby? Yeah, go take her out of the crib and burp her. Oh, man. You get up, your mom, you trip over your socks, you don't know where you're going. You get to the crib, the kid's screaming, oh, you need a burp. And you put her on your shoulder and you bang. And you know when you need a burp, you don't get one, Right? So easy to burp when you're an adult, but these kids, they don't burp, right? And you're walking around and you're burping, you're burping, you're burping, and whoever's not, a, doesn't have children yet, you'll learn about this, right? And you're burping, and finally that kid burps, and it's like, it's like, you're ready to make a whole suuda, you know, 2 30 in the morning. The kid burped, and you're like, she just burped! And your wife's like, I didn't hear anything. How do I know she burped? You better get another, a better burp. And you're like, another half an hour, right? But you're right by the bed this time, if that kid burps, she's gonna hear it, right? <laughs> So I always believe that, and all parents burp their kids, diaper the kids, feed their kids, take the kids to the doctor. We go, we go through. It's not, it's not, it, 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 it's, we love our kids, and that's why Hashem made them cute. If they were born adults, we wouldn't take care of them at all, right? It's just that, that's why they're born that way. They're born cute. Lamaisa, I always felt that, okay, so you have to have a cross of toe for that. You know, they did that, but no, that's not what the Shulchan Aruch is saying here. Because the Shulchan Aruch is saying here, you have to have a cross of toe they brought you into the world. Because at the end of the day, a mamzer, who lo yavoy bekal Hashem, the bottom line is in this world, Right? He's gonna smell and eat and taste and save people's lives and he can be a doctor and he can be all these other things. He has still crazy potential in this world. He has to have a karasatov. Even though the other they caused him not to be part, not part of the Jewish nation. They're so terrible, but they brought you into this world. And if you can't dig deep down into yourself and find appreciation for the people who brought you into the world, then you don't belong in this world. Because a person who doesn't have a kars hatov, who doesn't have appreciation, even a little appreciation, Hakar who says, You're off what am I waiting for for you? What, what's gonna come from you? There's no potential. So so kibbutz of the aim is a halacha. Because if we don't do it, we're in trouble. And therefore, the Torah tells us it's in the five of you and Hashem. Because if you can't appreciate your parents, who you can see who brought you to the world, how are you gonna appreciate a God you can't see? So God says, No, 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 no. Part of serving me. It's having a karasatov. It's having appreciation. Therefore, Kibbut of Ein goes with Shabbos, goes with I am God, goes with Yinala serve any idols. It's all together in the same place. And now we understand the award, Because we just learned that a person, that Misa, death came into the world because of a lack of appreciation. So that means that a person who has appreciation has, has a reason to Hashem, has a reason to give him the next day to live. Because he has appreciation. So he has, he's back to an Adam. He's back to Adama. He's back to being able to, to grow. So there's a reason to wake up the next morning. But a person who doesn't have any Akarasatov, so Akarasatov Baruch Hu said, a person who does kivit of the if you show appreciation to your parents, then automatically you're a person who shows appreciation, then you will live long. Because you have a reason to live. Because you have potential. But if you don't do that, you're not going to have a long life. So the Torah specifically says by two mitzvahs, here and by Shluch HaKam, which has to do with Chesed and Rachamim, which is another media in the, in the world that will give you extra life, specific halakha. So even though we have, may have had a very tough time with our parents, and they may have been abusive, I'm not talking about surely the parents, kids who had parents that were beautiful people and took care of them, you have to be out of your mind with Hakar Satov. But even the kids who, we had a very hard time, and our parents got divorced, and my mother didn't take care of me, and I ended up running around, and they didn't make you a mamzer. Bottom line, you can marry a Jewish girl, a, a Jewish boy. They didn't make you a mamzer. And the Shulchan Aruch says, that if you're a mamzer, and your father's a Russia, and he's full of Averis, 
you better still have kibbutz Rabbeim because you can never allow the satan to get into you so deep with such deep hatred that you lose your appreciation for the people who brought you into this world. That's a very, very big lesson. And that's why Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron HaKohen became Eliyahu. So I want to end just with a crazy story about Lubavitcher Rebbe. Two seconds. So Lubavitcher Rebbe, he brings it down in this book, so in, the, in, in Torah Tavlin, so it would have to be true because if I didn't read this, I didn't know the Lubavitcher Rebbe knew anything about baseball. And I don't think he used to talk about baseball, but it's an unbelievable one, and we're just going to end with this. So that you walk out and you, you have to make a decision, no matter what you heard here tonight, you have to make a decision if you're going to act on it, or, you know, it's a very good speech, but, you know, my, I'm, not, I'm not talking to my mother. And, and by the way, there's also an appreciation for yourself, a different share. A person has to appreciate themselves. You, you, you have to appreciate your own potential. A person who's jealous of others has no individuality. You need to know that. If you're jealous of somebody else, it means you have no self. Forget about the kinna. You have to go into yourself and fight. If you're happy with what you're doing with yourself, what do I have to do with her? What to do? I have nothing to do with her. She is a separate individual. We, our greatness as human beings is individuality. Animals is a school, there's a school of fish. There's a herd of, there's a herd of buffalo, you know? Thousands of buffalo in Africa. I want to go on a safari, right? Thousands of buffalo running for 12 miles. Why? Because the head buffalo, the front guy, started running. So they will follow. Running, thousands of buffalo, no water, for 12 miles. You, the whole earth is shaking. Finally, they come to a stop. You go over to the front buffalo. You say, hey, you, 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 you're back where you started. You, you, you did 12 miles around. What, what did you do? And the buffalo goes, I don't know. I just felt like running. <laughs> so you know you got like a thousand guys following you? I know. I might be stupid, but they're dumber. <laughs> I had no reason to run, but they followed me, Right? That's, that's a herd of, that's a herd of sheep. That's what you are? A school of fish? Oh, they're all going together, right? Right into the net. Into the boat, into your tuna can. Excellent! No dolphins, right? Excellent! That's what you want to be? You want to be one of those? You're an individual. You have nothing to do with the girl sitting next to you. As far as yourself. She is not you, you are not her, you don't look like her, you'll never look like her, you're not supposed to look like her. If you look like her, you're her twin, but you still have a different fingerprint. Godless. Every person has a different fingerprint. And Hashem, does, believe me, they're busy up there. They, you know, everyone put up your hands, let's do swirls. No, that's not what's going on. Now Hashem wants to know that every single one of us has a different fingerprint. So we're all individuals. If you're an individual, where's the sinas Why do I hate you for nothing? Why, why do I want what you want? This is the three weeks. This is, this is what happened. You, you need to go out there. And, and I'm not going to, I'll tell the Babacha story next week. You, you need to go out there. You know, you want to hear it tonight? Okay. You need, you need to go, you need to go out there and you have to, what's the opposite of Sinas Chinam? Anyone know? What's the opposite of Sinas Chinam? Avas Chinam. What's Avas Chinam? I love her. Why do you love her? I don't know. I just love her. I love all Jews. I want to help the world. Why? I just had this discussion with someone. People ask me, where Wallstein, why did you open a high school for abused girls? Any of your daughters abused? Um, a lot of, some of the girls do drugs. Do you have any cousins or relatives that do drugs? Like, you know, um, off the derech? Like, any of your kids off the derech? So, so, people have this assumption that you only do things for others because you have a reason. The people who think like that are the people who only do chesed for a reason. I'm like, Baruch Hashem. I don't, I don't have that. So, they, so, so I don't understand. Well, so you're a businessman. Why don't you just make more money? 
And I'm like, you mean you have to, you have to, there's no such thing as chesed b'chinam? You can't just help people unless you went through that, you, you're not sensitive to other people's needs? Sensitive to other people's needs because you see they're in pain. I don't feel your pain. I'm not a girl. I was never a girl. I don't know what it means to date and get all dressed and have your hopes up and put on your makeup and do your hair and take a shower and blow dry with three blow dryers and then iron your hair and then, and then, and then go downstairs and hoping that, you know, I'm 26, I'm 28, I'm 30 and finally the guy that's going to walk in the door, this is my shidduch and I don't have to go to weddings anymore and everyone's going to say to me, Mitchishimba you, right? And I'm like, Mitchishimba you, you know? I don't want to hear that anymore. You have this hope up. And, and, and the guy walks in and, he, and you're like, you take one look and you're like, oh my God, the shotgun lied. <laughs> and over and over and you're doing this for 10 years and girls come to me and they're like, Rev Wallstein, you know, do, do you feel my pain? I'm like, no, I don't feel your pain. I'm not a girl and, and I never did my hair and, um, and, and I got married to the first girl I went out with. So no, I don't feel your pain. But you know what I do? I feel that you are in pain. That's avas chinam. You don't have to feel the other person's pain. Because if you didn't go through what they went through, I hate when people say that. I know, I feel your pain. You cannot feel my pain. I was in the hospital, I had a tube down my nose. You can't walk into my room and say, oh, I feel your pain. You can't, unless I take the tube and put it down your nose. And then you can't feel the pain. Because your nose might have a bigger nostril than my nose. Right? So you can't feel my pain. It's a silly thing to say. You cannot feel somebody else's pain. But you could feel that somebody else is in pain. And I walked out Monday morning. I'm not going to tell you what shul. I wasn't feeling well Monday morning. So I ended up diving at 10.30 and I finished at 11.30. And I walked out of the shul and it was 95 degrees. Sorry, Sunday. It was 95 degrees Sunday. It was 80 degrees overnight. I said, I, went, I left shul and there was just a woman collecting with her cup. Her face was beat red Water dripping. A poor lady sits there collecting outside the shore. I go by. I put my dollar or my quarter, whatever it was, in her cup. I take a look at this lady. She's in her 50s or 60s. And I'm like, can I get you a cup of water? No, no, no. I'm like, I see she has a bottle of water. It's empty. I'm like, give me the bottle. No, no, don't bother. No, no. I'm like, since when are you here? She said, since the first minion. When's the first minion? 530. So you're sitting here from 5.30 to 11.30, six hours. Six hours. So can I ask you a question? Did anyone on their way out of shul offer you a glass of water? No. A lot of people, money, she had a lot of money in that cup. Nobody offered a glass of water. Now, I'm not Hashem, I'm not, I many times would have also walked by and not thought about it. I, I'm, I'm on the phone, I'm working, whatever, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not. How could you let a woman sit for six hours and not give her a glass? So I went, I gave her the water, whatever it is. Not that I'm a tzaddik. That one time, I, I it, it hit me because I had to give a share on it. But anyway, no, but seriously, it hit me. So I, so I, so I gave it to her. So, so I walked out of there. How could it be you come out of shul? Right, we're on a high. You're davened. There's a lady sitting there, 95 degrees. You walk right by. And the answer is, the cup is out here. We see the cup. We see the money. We put the money in the cup. But we don't see that the cup is connected to the hand. It's connected to the body. And this face over here is beat red and dripping sweat. We stop right here. You can't stop right here. And if you're a teacher or you're a parent or whatever it is, and your kid needs help, you, you, you got to look at the whole person. So avas chinam just means that I'm doing it because I want to help somebody. There's no reason. That poor lady is not going to marry one of my kids, and she's not going to give me a job, and... She didn't even give me a bracha, right? But but she's a person who's who's sweating and who's hot. You have to help her. So for the next three weeks, 
what we need to do to bring back the base Hamikdash to counter the sinas chinam is avas chinam, and the way to get to avas chinam is to have a karsatov. If you appreciate everything Hashem gives you, then yeah. you know what happens to you. If I appreciate what Nechama gives me, then I want to give that to all of you. But if I don't appreciate what I have, why would I give you what I don't appreciate? So when I get up in the morning, if I appreciate that God gave me life, and I'm across that Taif Takosh Baruch Hu, then I want to take all that goodies that He gave me, and I want to give it to all of you. But if I'm a miserable person, and I'm looking at everybody else, and how come God didn't give me this, and how come God didn't give me this, then I'm not interested in giving you anything. So it's all based on, the Ahavas Chinam, and the Sinas Chinam, is based on appreciation or not appreciation. That's what it's all based on. And now we're going into the three weeks and we want to build back the base of Mikdash. So we have to start doing things for no reason, doing chesed for no reason, for calling my mommy and saying, I'm sorry and I love you and I miss you for no reason. She's like, someone dying, what's going on? Why are you calling me? You usually call me a Friday. You call me, what's going on over here? Something's wrong. You want to write a Wallstein speech? I heard that speech on it. No, no, I just, I just need to tell you that I love you and I never realized that, you know, everything I have in this world, if you wouldn't have brought me into this world, uh, I wouldn't have anything. I'd be up in Shemayim and maybe I'd be in the wrong place in Shemayim or maybe I'd be between worlds flying around with a bunch of malachim running after me and you brought me down into this world. Thank you. Even if I'm having a hard time in this world, tomorrow maybe I won't have a hard time or maybe in a year I won't have a hard time but it'll be too late to thank you because maybe you're not going to be here then. I hate when people, they start crying when the coffin's in front of them. Too late. She can't hear you. Oh, she can hear me Shemayim. Tell her when she's alive. She'll give you a hug and a kiss. A nice wet fat kiss. And a big smacking hug that you can feel when she's in the box. You can't feel nothing. Don't wait till she's in the box or he's in the box. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Too late. Now's the time. Now they're alive. I always say by the shiva, everyone's talking. Oh, she was this, she was that. I was a friend. Why are you telling her that she was alive? She thought everybody hated her. By the shiva, everyone's coming to the kids. Oh, I loved her. I loved her from St. Louis, from Mexico, from Israel. They're coming to me. And the poor woman died thinking she had no friends. But nobody ever called her and told her anything. Oh, by the shiva, everyone's a big, everyone's a big friend. You're waiting for the shiva for. Too late. Too late. Okay, Rebabat Rebbe. So anyway, this kid comes for a brachis by mitzvah. And as they turned to leave, the Rebbe surprised the boy by asking him a question. He said, tell me, are you a baseball fan? I, I, I wish I was there. So the bar mitzvah boy said, yes, I'm a baseball fan. So the Rebbe asked him, which team do you like? The Yankees or the Brooklyn Dodgers? Of course, most of you don't know what I'm talking about, but there used to be a team in Brooklyn called the Brooklyn Dodgers who actually won the World Series against the New York Yankees in 1955. So there was a very big rivalry. Now it's the Mets and the Yankees. There were no Mets. It was the Yankees and the Brooklyn Dodgers. Brooklyn was big, big to beat the Yankees. The Yankees, of course, were the most famous team. In 1955, the Yankees won. So he asked, the Rebbe asked him, you live in Brooklyn? So what kind of fan are you? Are you a Yankee fan or are you a Dodger fan? So he said, I'm a Dodger fan, of course. So the Rebbe asked him, does your father take you to any games? So the boy said, yes, every once in a while we go to a game. In fact, Rebbe, we went a month ago. Really? So the Rebbe asked him, uh, he writes, he said, it had to happen. He says, how was the game? Rebbe's Rebbe asking this kid, how was the game? The boy made a face. He said, ah, it was disappointing. By the sixth inning, a game is nine innings. By the sixth inning, the Dodgers were losing... Nine to two. So we decided to leave. So the rebel looked at the boy and said, so you left in the sixth inning, you weren't there for the whole game? He goes, no. So he said, can I ask you, did the players leave the game when you left? 
So the boy rolled his eyes like, oh, come on, Rebbe, what are you, silly? He said, of course not. There are players and there are fans. The fans can leave when they want. The players have to play till the end of the game. You never know what will happen. They need to play to win till the game is over. That is the lesson the Rebbe said to him. I want you to know about Yiddishkeit. The Rebbe said, you have a choice. You can be a fan or you can be a player. The fan leaves in the middle when it looks like, and, and it's not even Judaism. This is about, about life. You want to learn about psychology? The Rebbe said an unbelievable word here. He said, there are two kinds of people in this world. There are the fans and there are the players. And I always tell this to girls that I work with. I'm like, I'll coach you if you're willing to play. But I don't waste my time coaching you if you're going to sit on the bench. Because if you, I'll help you, but you're the one who has to do the work. The coach doesn't do the work. He gives you the plan, the player gets, but if, if you just want to sit there and, and get coached and you want to play, don't waste my time. So the Rebbe said there are two kinds of people in the world. There's the player and there's the fan. What's the difference? The player plays till the end of the game, till the last second of their life. They're learning, they're trying, they're doing chuba, they're working, they don't give up. The player doesn't leave the game till the game is over. The fan, and so many of us are the fan, the minute things get hard and things aren't working, eh, it's not working, we get up, we get depressed, we give up on life, we don't have anything to do with anybody anymore, and we walk out. So the Rebbe, every Jewish person, every Jewish girl, every Jewish woman, every Jewish man, you can't be a fan. When it comes to being in this world, you have to be a player. And you have to work and believe that till the last second, the last breath that you take, you are going to end up a winner. The Sultan is going to lose this fight. And you, Sarah, Miriam, whatever your name is, Rachel, the end of the day, I will stay till the end of the inning. Like they say, till the fat lady sings. And there's no fat lady, so I'm there till the end of the game. And that's what every person needs to know, that no matter what you're going through in life, you said such a beautiful word here. You are a player, and it ain't over until you leave this world. You always have a chance to change. There's no, listen to the answer that I cannot change, and I'm broken, and I'm depressed, and I'll never get married, and I'll never have this. There's no such thing. That's a fan. A player never gives up. I want to give you all a bracha, that God should give you the ability to have self, and therefore not to be jealous, and to share yourself, through Ahavas Chinam and what Akash Baruch said, Kavdis Vitos Yimecha, Maman Yirichin Yimecha, that everyone here should have long years and long days. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.